everyone and welcome back to the Toffee Blues podcast with me, Callum Snell. Delighted to say Kieran, YouTuber, content creator, has jumped on the podcast with us this week. Uh, Kieran, how you doing, mate? You're all good? I'm doing well. It's a, it's a pleasure to finally be on here. We've been trying to work around, trying to get me on and been excited for it, but finally here. So thank you very much for having me. No, no, made up to have you on. Um, obviously, lots to talk about. Uh, it's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts on the back of a defeat, so you've picked the right time to come on. Um, but yeah, we, we've got to talk about it. We've done well <laughs> this far, not to have to dwell on defeat too much. But of course, Everton did. We're on the end of a really disappointing uh, loss to the hands of United on Sunday night um, in a game where, you know, I think it's fair to say was the fair result. There's an argument maybe we could have nicked it at the end, but I, I think all in all, we didn't do enough to merit some kind of result out of that game. So before we jump into the the nitty gritty of it. What was your take on the game, Kieran? Uh, I'll tell you what. First ten minutes, I thought this is it. We're up for it now. This is we were giving hundred percent. We were going for every ball. We we're chasing every 50-50. We we're doing everything we could. Um, scored the goal. I mean, even Connor Cody's reaction in the celebrations showed how much we were worried against Man United. And then as soon as we scored the goal, we were just sat off and allowed him. And we just pressed in poor areas. We allowed them to pass round us easily. And I mean, it even led to their goal from Garner Gay, who's normally a composed midfielder. You'd rely him in a situation, in a tight situation, to just be able to display the ball. But it just, I don't know what was going on. I don't know what was going on inside his head. I don't know if they were just doubting whatever we were going to do. But to get caught on the ball in that area against a team like Manchester United that could easily beat us on the counter... Yeah, it wasn't the best, but it's a loss. It was a poor performance, but you can't really judge us from that. You've got to move on from here. It's second loss of the season. Just got to take it on chin and hopefully all our players keep their heads after this. Yeah, I think that's the frustration, Kieran, is that you mentioned there how we went 1-0 up and it was the perfect start, wasn't it? It was the perfect start. We thought, wow, this we couldn't we couldn't have started any better. It was a fantastic goal from Alex Awobi, fully deserved. And a lot of fans have been crying out for him to get on his name on the score sheet. And it was a fantastic goal. And from that point, you think, you know what, these are there for the taking. You know, Manchester United, of course, the I'm not going to do them too much of a disservice because I think there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about Man United. There's a lot of bands that are associated with them or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, if we're, if we're being real, come on, they've got some very good players who can hurt us. So for us to go a goal up, it was fantastic. And for that particular Man, Man United side at this moment in time, we could have quite easily just, you know, I think we shell-shocked them a little bit, didn't we? So it, it, was, it was quite frustrating and strange how we just retreated and sat back and almost, yep. almost like just admitted, not, well, I know we ended up defeat, but not admitting defeat, but we just sort of like, curled up and then that was it really wasn't it that was really frustrating to see and then you mentioned there a lot of in, some individual errors and and it was just a shame really that we couldn't build on build on the first goal and it, it took the last five minutes or so for us to really maybe push for that equaliser but we just didn't take the game to Manchester United which was a real shame and um, just team wise obviously Anthony Gordon came back in for Dwight McNeil who got the winner against Southampton the week before uh, a bit harsh for you or, or were you expecting to see Anthony come back on the side? 
I think it was inevitable that Anthony Gordon were going to get his place back in squad. Um, I've always liked Dwight McNeil. I think he's always been a great player. He might not have the stats, but whenever he's played for Burnley, he's put in great performances. But for Anthony Gordon, you can't really drop him. He's been he's a young player. He is one of the main reasons that we stayed up last season. And he's an incredible player. You can't drop him. Dwight McNeil is, I don't know if he's low on confidence or he's just not fit into the system correctly yet and just needs a little bit more time. Um, I mean, you can't, Ignore the goal by Dwight McNeil. Unbelievable goal, great positioning. And I thought it was great against Southampton, but Anthony Gordon, you can't exactly drop him for a one great performance by Dwight McNeil. Um, but you know, I just hope Dwight McNeil gets his performances up because, like I said, I like him as a player. Um, I think he'd be great in our attacking play. But for now, I don't think anything's getting really in front of Anthony Gordon. Yeah, you sound like a, a very big fan of Anthony Gordon. There, you seem to talk very highly of him. Um, I, I, so, I, for, for me personally, I, I think he's been a little bit underwhelming this season. Being totally honest, I feel like earlier on the season, especially those away games, you know, against Leeds, Brentford, he looked really, really positive. Um, it seemed like the, the transfer talk had maybe done him the world of good in a way, and he was he was using that because you know sometimes players can either it, it can be a good thing or a bad thing, and for. For a while, it looked like it was a good thing for Anthony Gordon. He was putting in some good performances. He was getting his name on the on the on the goals. Something which, again, similar to Awobi, we've been crying out for. But it just seems that Goodison for me is just not tailed off it a little bit. But he's just not really offering as much as fans would expect. And I I fully appreciate there's bags of ability there and there's so much potential there as well. But what, do you, do you sort of see the, the argument that maybe Anthony Gordon for some people has has dropped off a little bit because we know last season. We commended him for for his work rates, for, for you know, for his dying for the badge, or all, all this sort of stuff that Evertonians love to see. But I think there has been moments quite recently in this last few weeks or so where he has maybe dropped off a of a cliff a little bit. What would you say to that? Um, I I had this conversation the other day, and I think there's just many like components to that. There could be just the fact that is a team better around him, so he doesn't look, he doesn't shine as brightly as he did last season because. There were no effort last season, so him giving 100%, you'd see that straight away. But this season, you've got players giving 100% everywhere in the pitch. So I, I don't know if it's that. I'm not sticking up for Anthony Gordon. Yes, he's, had, he's not had the greatest performances. He's in battles that you think he'd win or in games that you think he'd shine a bit more, he shies away from it a little bit. Um, I think he'll pick up. I just think it's getting used to the system, getting used to the team, because last year we had to deal with a five at the back. We had to deal with whatever players we've got. Now we've got the players in midfields. Now we've got uh, players to actually change the team. I mean, Manchester United game, for example, we changed to a 4-4-2, which pretty much no one expected, but we did that. So whether Lampard goes with that and we changed to that, it's just, I think it's a team around Gordon that makes Gordon look, I don't know, I won't say bad, but just not as great as last season. Um, but I think I'll pick up, I'm a massive fan of Gordon. I love exactly how he's with the club. I love, he is what we would be on the pitch. So it's nice to see that. But I think he'll pick up. I don't think it'll be a awful season by Gordon. And plus, even that, I don't know if it is, but the Chelsea situation could be on his mind. The big money that we're getting put out in the media, whether that's on his mind or not, we can't really say. But I, I, I back him to turn it around this season. Yeah, he's still very young as well, isn't it? I think it's easy to forget his age, and he, he, a lot has been asked of him in the last twelve to eighteen months, hasn't it? You know, last season I think that's a great point you made how it wasn't exactly hard to stand out in that side last season. And if we're being honest, I think a lot of pressure has been put on Gordon. We're relying on him an awful lot. He's one of those for a player so young and for such, 
inexperience, if you like, in the Premier League. He's only really been, you know, last season was his, was his real breakthrough season. So, you know, for a lot to be asked of him, for him to maintain levels for the for where he is at in his career, I think he can be forgiven for tailing off. But, you know, I, I will say that I have, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed with his, with his input in the last few games. But again, we don't really have, we're not exactly blessed with options in those areas either, are we? So there's not exactly a player who we can, Bring on, you know, Andros Townsend is still out. And, you know, you, you then look at Damari Gray as, as well as, as an option. Dwight McNeil, of course. And, you know, you look at those options and not none of them are hardly world beaters. So for Anthony Gordon, I think the fans take to him. So it's, it's, it's hard yep. for, for him to not be included as much. So yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, Anthony Gordon can improve because there's a, there is a player there. Um, I'm not completely in the camp of... Sell him to Chelsea. Sixty minutes should have took them. More. No, we, we, I think we, it was in the summer too. a little bit, but I think. Yeah. What, what do you think about that then? About the 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 price tag? You know, you briefly touched upon it there, but do you think how much of the whole Chelsea move thing do you think is playing on his mind at the moment, if any? I'm unsure about this because I mean, you'd think lo- there's some sort of loyalty in there, but then you've had previous experiences with Ross Barkley who thought he'd stay at the club no matter the price tag getting thrown about. Um, even Wayne Rooney early on. I know it was a completely different situation with Wayne Rooney, but you just there could be so much going on on Anthony Gordon's mind with a deal, whether he wants to go play Champions League football or whether it's just a load of stuff made up by the media or if it's just not bothering, but people are just egging it on. Um, I mean, I'd like to think that Gordon's not bothered. He's just going to play for the club and stick his way out. But like I said, loyalty in football nowadays, very rare to come by. Yeah, absolutely. That's it, isn't it? But hopefully Anthony Gordon can pick up some of that form that we saw last season and at the start of this season as well. Let's not forget, it was only, wasn't so long ago we was putting in some great performances and, uh, and slotting in some important goals for us. So fingers crossed he can, he can you know, take the game to the next level. Of course, you know, we'll come on to the Spurs game shortly, but he's not available this weekend, of course, because he's uh, yep. picked up too many yellow cards and he's suspended. Um, just, just finally on the United game, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's back in the squad. Um, would you like to see him come on a little bit earlier? I've seen a few say that, you know, given given Martinez's height for uh, Man United, it could have been a game that Calvert-Lewin could have really benefited from and made an impact in. I don't think he was ever going to start the game, but would you like to see him maybe come on a little bit earlier, maybe at half-time or something like that? Or or do you, can you agree with Lampard playing it safe with him? Um, I'd agree with Lampard, um, just because you wouldn't want to risk, personally for me, I wouldn't want to risk throwing DCL in at half-time just to pick up another knock or yeah. risk it even further. We're in a game that we're... Yeah, we weren't doing great. We weren't really getting back into the game, but we weren't conceding. We weren't making silly mistakes. So to try and keep the same system, try and change it from there, I probably would have done that. Probably would have changed a couple other players instead of DCL. DCL would have been my main priority. Yeah. But I couldn't understand why some fans said we should have got him on because as soon as DCL come on, the game changed completely, whether that was DCL coming on or just changing the 4-4-2 system. Um, but for me, I want to risk it. DCL's a key player for us. Even if we've got Neil Mopé now, DCL is still a massive player for us. Is how I see Lampard's system really thriving this season. So I wouldn't really want to risk it, especially this early on coming back from injury. But hopefully in the Tottenham game, hopefully even 90 minutes or 45, I'm, I'm hoping to see him back. Yeah, I think I think you're right there about not risking him. The point you made because last season it was a, there was a big thing about him being brought back too early by Rafa Benitez, and a lot of people really frustrated at that, and, and probably probably associated that with why he struggled so much for the remainder of that season because he brought back too early. So you know, to give Lampard a bit of slack, the benefit of the doubt or whatever, I think 
that maybe there is a bit of that in his thinking as well. He doesn't want to yep. rush him back too early and for because he's an important player for us. We're not, again, we're not exactly blessed with options in that area of the pitch either. So, you know, we've got to be very careful with him. And, and of course, we saw the introduction of James Garner as well. Um, took us, took us, t- well, we took our time to see him make his Everton debut, but he was brought on for the final stages against his former club. And I thought he looked very bright, very positive, um, Kieran. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's something to look forward to, and I think now that the, the debut's out the way, I think we could maybe start to start to see a lot more of James Garner. What do you think? It was really nice to see him on the pitch. I've always been a fan of him. Watching him at Nottingham Forest last season, I thought he had an incredible season. Um, even though he played in like a sixth role, the deep line playmaker, he was still creating chances left, right, centre, and that's what we needed last season. Um, I've always been all for. I've always said, no, we should be starting Garner. He's got the experience. Um, and then the start of the season from to now, I was 100% back in that. But since Garner had the poor start to Manchester United, I don't know what was going on. But then for Garner to come on and get to his former club, for his debut for Everton, and just have, I thought it was sensational. The passes he were playing, composure on the ball. I mean, to nearly score yeah. an equaliser in some fashion as well, that would have been amazing for the lad. But I'm hoping to see more of him. I think we should play him and at least test him out more and more. Garner's on the later end of his, well, I won't say later end of his career. We are world footballers getting to now. But as a young player, and I think he'll fit great in the system. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of Manchester United fans, Nottingham Forest fans, as you touched on there, they all seem to be very full of praise for him as well. So I think that's something to really hang on to going forward. He's definitely a player with a lot of potential. He's always involved with the England under-21 setup as well. And yet he's he's very young. So for going forward, if and his cameo against United is anything to go by, he can be a really useful player for us. And um, just before we park the talk about the United game, um, what do you think? I've seen a lot of two different reactions to this. Um, was it an overreaction or was it a reality check? What do you reckon? Um, oh, okay, okay. Let me let me maybe word that better. Not an overreaction as such, but do you think? We can't get too bogged down in it because we were unbeaten in seven games and um, and we've obviously improved this season. So maybe not an overreaction, but do you think it was a bit of a reality check or just just one of them? I think we'd be stupid to throw all faith and all hope at when it's moment in time. I mean, like I've just said, we've lost two this season so far. We are drastically improving. Um, this United game last season, that exact game could have been four or five nil if that were last season. You can already see the improvement of Lampard. Yeah, we've not got three points. It was a poor performance, but it's just one poor performance. Um, I think even in the Chelsea game, the, the other loss that we got this season, I thought was still played incredibly well. This is the first poor full 90 minutes that we've had. Um, obviously, disregarding the first 10 and the last five. Yeah. But I think it would be stupid to throw everyone on the bus, throw everything out of the window. We've got to stick faith, got to keep our heads. Same for the players. And just hopefully we can go on from here. It's yeah, it's a loss, but we move on. We've got Tottenham, got to think ahead. Just can't really dwell on it that much, really, can we? Yeah, it's one of that. I think it's always frustrating, isn't it, when you're leading in a game and some results went your way over the weekend as well, and you could have propelled yourself into a healthy position in the top half of the table. So it's always going to be frustrating, but we can't. I'm, I'm with you. We can't get too bogged down on that. We've been playing some good stuff this season so far. We can see that the changes are there. We've got much better pace now than we've been accustomed to over the last 12 months or so. So, you know, Lampard knows what he's doing. The players know what he's doing. And there were some honest interviews coming out of the back of that game as well, which I think was encouraging. And and it all comes back to, will we see a reaction now? Because this is the other interesting thing here. And isn't it like we're going into this Tottenham game at the weekend now, and albeit, yes, it's another really tough game, but it seems to be like the first the first time this season 
that we've uh, we've had to react in such a way. I know we got. I think after the Aston Villa game that we we lost as well, we started to go on this unbeaten run. But but this is like the sort of now that a few players have found the feet a little bit and players are up to speed. This is the first time this season where we're going to see this Everton side's character really put to the test, isn't it? I think uh, I think we've got the players for that as well. I mean, we've got leaders. I mean, Batline, Talkowski, Conacordi, that's just speaking of two. We've got the player this season to react, stay professional, and just keep our heads. Last season, we didn't really have those players. Once one one player drops or one injury, we had all of our other players dropped. For I mean, like I said, the Conacordi situation, the Man U game, told the players to keep the reds. Obviously, it backfired. But leadership like that will help us along the season. Losses, draws, we'll pick up from that. And I, I think we'll react against Tottenham. Yeah, like I say, even a draw wouldn't be the worst result in the way. The draw would be a great result, actually, away to Tottenham. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at the Tottenham game in more detail shortly. But um, just more on some player news now. Um, obviously, Yeri Mina, it been, been the news today. He was in the news earlier in the week as well. But it, it what starts off by saying it's very difficult to see how Yeri would get into this defence at the moment anyway. We all know when he's fit, he's a great player for He's been at the club for a fair few years now. When he's performed and when he's fit, he's a great player. And, you know, we've, we've banged on and on so many times about his fitness. But to, to hear the news again today that potentially he suffered another injury setback, I think a lot of people would be quite happy to wash their hands of him now, unfortunately. I think, Kieran, what do you reckon? It's frustrating because I think Yeremina has been incredible for us when he's played last season. Um, whenever he come in, had a couple of games, I thought he was incredible. Um, the Chelsea game for last season in particular, great yeah. player. Um it is frustrating when you have a player as good as that, get as many injuries. But like you've said, I don't really see him getting into our back line. I mean, previous record, uh, injury records for both our centre-offs have been little to none. I mean, they're barely missing the games. Now, the Everton, you can't really say that. You can't really hope on that. But um, I just don't think Yerimina will ever get back into the back line unless the worst happens, an injury. But then it's still counting on Yerimina to stay fit, which we can't all rely on whatsoever. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? Because if we did have the same kind of fitness record as the likes of Tarkowski and Cody, I'm sure that he, he would be an ever-present in that Everton backline. Because he's yeah. let's not forget he's not he was on a massive contract when he came in. I think it was in the summer of, in the summer of 2018, I think he came in. So, you know, he's one of the biggest earners at the club as well. So he, I think it's fair to say he's definitely in the twilight of his Everton career, linked with a move to Inter Milan. I think it's fair to say that. He's, he's not going to be around for much longer, is he? Um, you, you know, as you said, on his day, great player. He was quite pivotal, albeit last season. It was in small patches, but you, you mentioned that Chelsea game there. He's a wind-up merchant as well. Um, had a great relationship with the likes of Alan uh, Richarlison, who, of course, are no longer at the club as well. So I think it, you wouldn't be wrong to, to say that Yeti Mina's days are numbered at this club. Would you agree? Yeah. You just... There's just no point having a player on that sort of contract that you can't really rely on to play in game and game out. On his day, incredible, like you said, it really is, but we can't be keeping wages like that in a financial mess that we're in on a player that just they play the right more games than they play in a season. So yeah, I think I think it'd be a smart situation. I think we all could agree that it'd probably be the best situation if we do let him go. It'd be hard to see because of the player that it can be, but I think it's fair to say we we should let him go. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense, does it? You know, we, we talk about the money's on there, and for what he's given back, it's just very little at the moment. And 
it's a shame because he's a top, top center half on his day, but we just can't justify paying those kind of wages. And there's no, you know, I think he's out of contract at the end of the season anyways. It is so there's no way Everton are going to throw more money at him. I think is, I think that shift sailed and for Yeti Mina. Um, and I think the club's just moved on as well, hasn't it, from Yeti from those sort of times? You know, we came in during a period of time when Marco Silva was the manager. He came in with the likes of Luca Dean, Bernard, Andre Gomez, Zuma. It was that season, wasn't it? And, you know, none of those players are here as well. It, it's a different Everton team side now. And I think Lampard's not soft, is he? I think he's a. Uh, it, yeah. it would take some kind of monumental force to move out Cody and Tarkovsky at the minute, as it is. Um, elsewhere on the injury front, a uh, bit more positive. Uh, Nathan Patterson and Ben Godfrey are back doing some individual work on the training field. That's going to be a massive boost, isn't it? Because I feel like we really missed Nathan Patterson in that, in that Manchester United game. I think when we all know he's had a, a fantastic start to the season, but I think this was the first time when we really noticed his absence, wasn't it? You know, Seamus Coleman, albeit he, he tries his best and he'll always be a fan's favourite, but he struggled catching the likes of Ronaldo Martial, didn't he? Whereas I think Nathan Patterson, I'm not saying he would have he would have changed the game, but his absence was definitely noticeable, wasn't it? Nathan Pat, it was a massive miss for Manchester United. I was just about to say it to be fair, it was. Um, I think the thing is with Nathan Patterson, I think that we all love him, especially why I love him, is great all round defensively and offensively. Um, and we missed that because Coleman, it could do one of the two, it could defend really well, but then can't really get up get up the pitch, which is fair enough. It's an old player and it pro- probably shouldn't be in our starting 11 at this moment of time. I shouldn't say old, but um, it, sh- it probably shouldn't be in our starting 11 at this moment of time, especially in such an intense league. Um, so yeah, Nathan Patterson were a miss massively. And I mean, just the likes of when Nathan Patterson played against Liverpool and you know how much of a great influence that Luis Diaz has been for Liverpool well yeah, yeah. recent times, especially last season. So for Nathan Patterson, Patterson to be able to defend like he did against him, and as much as I thought Coleman had a solid job on Rashford in the Manchester United game, offensively, I thought his passing was poor, so we really didn't miss Nathan Patterson. And I just can't wait to get him back. I think I was gutted we didn't see too much of him last season, but to see him at the start of this season thriving and playing incredibly well and unfortunately getting an injury. And I'm so excited to have him back in the team. Yeah, 100%. I was quite surprised, actually, when I checked Twitter today and saw he was back doing some form of training. I thought, I thought I'd be out for so much yeah, exactly. so when, longer. When we saw him go down in the Nations League in, in the manner that he did, I think a lot of people were bracing themselves for the worst. And then, obviously, he, he came back now and the news was that he's only, I think at the time, it was five to six weeks, something like that. So for him to be now back on the training field already doing some work, that's fantastic. And then he can't come back into that side quick enough, can he? The, offensively, defensively, the pace, it's just, you know, God love him, but it's just a level up from Coleman, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard to say because Coleman's been a great um, servant for us when we've needed him. But for Nathan Patterson, it's a fresh, it's, it's a bit of fresh air. We've been demanding for a new right back for how many seasons now and to get him, and the form is being in from the start of the season to obviously when they got the injury. It, he's going to be massive for us this season. Another young player that's going to be bright for us in the future, especially under Lampard's. Yeah, I think he's everything we've ever wanted. So it's just nice to have him. And I think we're all just excited to get him back. Yeah, 100%. He can't come back into the side quick enough. So, you know, back doing some individual work. I think, you know, the two or three weeks maybe, we can yep. start thinking about getting him back in the side and that would be a massive boost 
Also, Ben Godfrey as well, who suffered a really, really sort of harsh injury at the start of the season at Chelsea. That really shot me to see him back, yeah. Yeah, again, that was a bit of a dodgy injury. To see him back doing some work again is a big, a big boost. You know, we mentioned earlier in the podcast, didn't we, talking about Yeri Mina, about these defensive options. It's difficult to see how someone's going to come in and, and take one of the centre-half roles away from Cody or Tarkovsky. But Ben Godfrey, that's a, a solid option to have. You know, I remember his first season when he came in, he was he was phenomenal for us, wasn't he, under Ancelotti? So he'll be chomping at the bit to get back on the side as well, won't he? Because he's got something to prove. Because he started that um, that Chelsea game, didn't he? So he'll, he'll be desperate to get back on the side because, again, he's a real athletic player, isn't he? He's got so much pace. I think that's the one thing that maybe... Cody and Tarkovsky maybe lack, you know, fantastic players. We could we could sit it all night and talk about how great they are, but pace wise, Ben Godfrey's probably your man, isn't he? I think we Godfrey that I love about him so much and why I think is vital to the back line is proven that he's useful throughout the back line. So if we, if we need him to play left back to cover for Michael Enko, he's done that before. Yeah. Him even the right side of the pitch, he's done that before. And like you've mentioned, yes, Tarkovsky and Connor Cody, brilliant players, great in the air, great physically. Ben Godfrey just adds that look, another level of pace for, I mean, even in a situation against Manchester United, when you've got Rashford getting in behind the line, you've got, um, when once you face teams like Manchester City, when you're going to have all their attack towards you, he's great for that. Um, but yeah, I was really shocked to see him come back this early, really, where bad that injury were. But it really frustrated me, that injury, because it could have been prevented so easily. And it is down to the official's fault. So yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, when I was injury really frustrated me. Yeah, I remember that the ball went out first game of the season and it was a... I think he, he, he overstretch or something or did he fall back on himself trying to keep the ball? I think he went over his, ankle, over his ankle. Yeah, he it? went over, didn't he, when, um, when it went out of place. So that was obviously very unfortunate. But to see him, back's a big boost as well. We talk about defensive options. Michael Keane, again, God love him, doesn't exactly fill me with a load of confidence. We know he's got a mistake in him. But again, he can be quite good on his day. You've got Mason Holgate there. Yeti Mina, I think for many people, is just a write-off now. I'm sorry to say, but it is the situation we face. Oh, yeah. Um, but Ben Godfrey, you know, I, I think a lot of people are desperate to sort of see him recapture that form he showed in that first season. It's sort of difficult now to see any sort of centre half some have some kind of route back into that 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 centre back role. But as you mentioned there, kid, and he you forget how versatile Ben Godfrey actually is. He can play full back as well, and and it's, it's his pace and his athleticism that maybe sets him apart from Cody and Tarkovsky. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets integrated back into the side. Um, so really good news there with Nathan Patterson and Ben Godfrey um, edging a little bit closer to match fitness. Um, okay, just finally, before we wrap things up, we've got to look ahead to the Tottenham game. Um, we spoke earlier about a reaction. Um, how confident are you about picking up some kind of results here? You know, you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Kieran, about characters. You know, there's been times in this past where we haven't maybe got reactions from Everton's sides because we simply just don't have the personnel to have any kind of reaction. But we're hoping that this time around it can be different, aren't we? It's going to be difficult, especially it's Tottenham's probably not the best team to have to no. try and get a reaction out of, especially the form they're in. Um, so I'd be excited. It is a real test, and I'd be excited to uh, how we turn it around and how we actually take to the test this time. Um, we needed, I think, the things that happened against United. We needed that. We needed to learn from that, um, to learn not to get scared when we go one 0 down to stay strong, and it will help us for the rest of the season. So with Tottenham game. <sighs> Whether I'm confident we'll get any points out of this, I'm unsure of. But um, I think we'll react. It'll be a better performance, I can guarantee you that. Um, I just hope we can stick it out for the full 90 and just don't drop or yeah. have what we've been doing for the 
a couple of games a season where we've been doing well for the first 15, 20 minutes, dropping off and then picking it back up for the last 15. I just thought we could stick it through for the full 90 at least. Um, and just put a good performance in all round. Yeah, well, it, it can't get any worse than last season's trip there, can it? When we got bounced everywhere, 5-0. Oh, and what, no. what was an awful night for Everton. Um, I think Lampard's learned an awful lot since then. Um, I think we played such a high line that night, didn't we, last year? And it was we just got torn to pieces. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with this with this game because obviously coming back and off the back of the Man United game, really disappointing results. We know that there's leaders in this team. We know that there's players and characters who will want to put it right and make us, you know, get back 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 on the horse a little bit. So what do you see him doing team wise? Can you see anyone getting dropped? You know. Idris Agana Gay, a couple of question marks over his place in the side. You know, he was at fault for the Southampton goal two weeks ago. And he was, he was, God, he was awful against United last week, wasn't he? So is he in danger of getting dropped? Or do you think maybe you're playing a bit of a bit of a risky game there, trying to change it too much, knowing that we have got some positive results with the with the current side as it is? Or would you think James Garner's done enough to maybe warrant a start? What do you reckon? I don't I, don't, I think he'll stick with Idris Agana Gay. Um I think it'd be too harsh to drop him just because of that first 20 or 30 minutes of Manchester United game. Um, I think it'd be harsh to drop him. I think the only change that we'll make for the Tottenham game with obviously McNeil or, yeah, probably McNeil coming in for Gordon as he's yeah. not able to play. I think that'll be the only change for the game. I think he'll stick with the same system. But um, I could see James Garner getting another appearance that game to uh, change into the midfield. And uh, I will be... Uh, Excited to see what we do with the formation because obviously we changed to a 4-4-2 in the game against uh, Manchester United, bringing two strikers up front. Whether we'll do that in the second half, whether DCL will actually start or come in the second half, we'll wait to see. But I think I think we'll stick with the same system that we had against Manchester United to start off with. Let's just hope we uh, can stick with it for 45 at least. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You know, really difficult game going away to Tottenham. It is at the best of times. Tottenham have made quite a good start to the season as well. Um, Richarlison obviously facing the club for the first time since yeah. his exit so that'll be interesting to see how he fares there um, I, th- I think I'm correct in saying he's yet to get a Premier League goal I know we had one chalked off for offside so hopefully that's not going to come against us I know we got a couple in the Champions League but I think he's just still awaiting that first Premier League goal so I know we won there a couple of seasons ago during the COVID season we won 1-0 Calvert-Lewin um, gave us that win there we touched on that awful night there last season when we got bounced everywhere five nil. But you know, it's it's a new Everton side. A lot of the players who played that night don't play for Everton anymore or don't get a game for Everton anymore. So that tells you everything you need to know in itself. So yeah, you know, Tottenham played last night. Um, they looked a little bit leaky towards the end, you know, um, against Frankfurt. So it's going to be an interesting game to see how it plays out. You know, we're coming into that game trying to bounce back. Tottenham are trying to keep some kind of momentum to keep some pressure on those sides above them. Um, so it'll be interesting. Of course, it'll be interesting. It's sort of the second of like this trilogy of really difficult games for Everton. Obviously, we've got Man United out the way. Um, and then obviously, we've got Newcastle on, on Wednesday night after this one. So we've got a, a few difficult games coming up here, haven't we? So, you know, out looking ahead to the next two, I'm not, Totally sure if we will get another podcast out before the Newcastle game, but the next two games, are you are you confident that we can? How many points do you think we can take away from these next two games, which are very, very difficult ties away from home? Well, obviously, obviously, I'm going to hope for six, but um, I think four would be incredible. I, I, yeah, I think a point away at Tottenham with the form that they're currently changing. I mean, you're getting the better end of the sun. It's not started off in great form, and I was completely turning himself around. So. Yeah. Scared to see uh, how he performs, but I reckon I reckon four would be incredible. Point away, 
and a three points at Newcastle would be a great result. I think the form that they're in at this moment in time, um, how Eddie Howe's turned that team around is incredible. But four, I think I'd be very happy with. Yeah, I think the way we approach this game will be interesting as well. I think we might go back to that sort of smash and grab sort of style that we saw towards the start of the season where we play very yeah. defensive and that worked, you know, that really worked. Well, Cody and Tarkovsky have had that, that play, that sort of game plan plays up to their strengths a lot. Um, so if we can play a like, counter-attack on football, you're always going to get a chance, aren't you? And, you know, if, if the likes of James Garner does come into the side, you get a corner, you know, he's renowned for, for his dead ball situations, isn't he? So there's definitely a lot of options and you've got Calvert-Lewin in there as well. So if he can come on and impact the game in some way, that'll be that'll be great too. But yeah, two really difficult games come up the Blues. You know, we lost last weekend, which we never like to see bringing our seven-game unbeaten run to an end. And it's not getting any easier with the trip to Tottenham before the trip to St. James's Park on Wednesday night. So it's not going to get any easier. But if we can somehow get to the other side of this, and as you mentioned there, if we get four points, that'd be absolutely amazing. If we get six, that'd just be incredible. But... <laughs> You know, we'll see how we see how we get on because on the other side of that, you start looking towards some more favourable games, then which take us into the break for the World Cup. So we'll see how we get on. Uh, we'll see how we get on. Um, but yeah, we'll leave it there. So massive thanks to Kieran for coming on to the podcast. And um, big thanks to him for jumping on with us. And um, be sure to give him a follow on Twitter and subscribe to him on YouTube if you haven't done so already. Of course, with the Toffee Blues, um, give us a subscribe if you haven't done so already. Give us a like, a comment. This podcast will be available wherever you get your normal podcasts from. And yeah, um, keep on supporting. And um, yeah, take care, everyone. All the best. Thanks for listening.